Welcome to a very special edition of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode, Pat, what are we, what, what are we doing? Why are we here? <laughs> we, as, <laughs> thanks for joining us, Keely. <laughs> We're doing a series of one hour episodes uh, during this time of social distancing. Right. Yes. So just reminding listeners that there is a global pandemic happening and we are doing our part to lift our spirits. <laughs> well, hopefully later you'll get to listen to this on our podcast and all of that will be in the past tense. But right now, you and I are, are very safe distance away from each other. And I have had so much fun this week. Kicked off with Rossini overtures and then did an in-depth look at a particular symphony, one from Beethoven, one from Berlioz, and one from Tchaikovsky. So you've been busy. You've been busy, Pat. I have been busy, <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun. So I thought today it would be fun to dig through my opera CDs and find songs of triumph and celebration. Nothing is like opera when it comes to putting emotion into practice. And we're, we thought we'd harness some of those happy emotions today. Yes, well, and I failed to acknowledge the rousing piece of music that we began our program with today. Yes, I think that one is familiar to a lot of people. Primarily because of Looney Tunes. Oh, interesting. Some A lot of people would say because of the Lone Ranger, I suppose. It's a little retro. Yeah, well, I guess it, it depends on uh, what era you were sitting in front of the TV and watching television. But yeah, I mean, for me, a lot of it was from all of those Donald Duck, or not not Donald Duck, who is it? It's all of Bugs the Bunny. cartoons where, yeah, where, from the cartoons where Bugs Bunny was being chased around by Elmer Fudd. I don't actually know that cartoon, but I'm going to trust you on that one. Well, or I could just be making it up. It wouldn't be the first time I've done that. Anywho, so the William Tell Overture is, I would say, universally beloved for pretending that you're riding a horse. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it is. It is. And it's by that great master, Rossini. And it is just that. It's an overture. It, it gets everyone ready for the opera that is to come, William Tell. And I just thought it was so fun that we should start the show with it. Well, and Pat, have we done the William Tell opera on Opera we, for Everyone? <laughs> we have not. That I didn't think we had. still in our future. Excellent. Well, I look forward to that. Okay, so what, what else do we need to do to begin today's program, Pat? I think we need to get ready for another song. Do you know that famous song that the Duke of Mantua sings in Rigoletto? It's a great song because he tells us a lot about his character in it. And it's an important plot point right at the end of the opera. Well, the only reason that I know is because you sent me a track list ahead of time. <laughs> Good. So did, did our, you do your research? <laughs> our listeners our listeners should not be too impressed with me, but I do believe that this aria is La Donna Immobile. You got it. You got dun, it. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know the Italian words, but I know the melody. Woman is fickle. Woman is changeable. And honestly, he is such a cad, but it's a fun celebration of himself. That's how I'm fitting it into this topic of songs of triumph and celebration. Oh. So shall we hear the Duke of Mantua celebrating himself by criticizing women? 
who he enjoys so much. That never happened. <laughs> okay, this is La Donne Mobile from Rigoletto by Verdi. That's a crowd pleaser, Pat. Absolutely. In fact, it's such a, a such a tenor spectacle that song that the gondoliers in Venice, the singing gondoliers in Venice, loves to belt that one out. Yeah. It's, why wouldn't it, you? It just says opera. Yeah. Beautiful. I can just picture the three tenors on a stage just bringing down the house with that one. Probably happened. I couldn't say for sure. All right, I'm, I'm ready to do another aria of self-celebration and character introduction. And again, I dare to say somewhat familiar to people. Uh, its official name is Largo al Factorum, Make Way for the Factorum, from the Barber of Seville. Make Way for the... What is... A Factorum, uh, the Jack of All Trades. Ah, who is Figaro? That's right, he is... He's the barber of Seville, but he 
does a little bit of everything. He's the guy who fixes everything. And in fact, in this song, he tells us all the things that he's good at fixing. The song has lots of la-la-la-las, and it, he tells us all the things he does for him and for her, and that he's a barber, but he does all these other things as well. And of course, he imitates the people calling for him, and that's where you get that famous uh, Figaro, yes. Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's kind of crazy, but, but it is just such a good-hearted, good-hearted piece of music. So is this considered a patter song? Pat, because it's like la 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 la. la. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of that in there. Is it considered there a patter is. song? Well, it's an aria that uses a patter technique. So yeah, it's that quick, quick, quick talking, which makes perfect sense for the character of Figaro because he is the guy who figures everyone out and makes things makes things work. He's such a great character, Figaro. He is, although. I have to say, I love the character of Figaro in the Mozart opera, The Marriage of Figaro, mm-hmm. because he's not always on top. He's not always the smartest one. Arguably, Susanna, his fiancée, is much cleverer, and she gets the best of him a couple of times. So it's fun. But the Mozart Marriage of Figaro and the Rossini Barber of Seville are both from the plays of Beaumarchais, who actually wrote a, a trilogy of plays about this character. Well, so with that, Pat, let's meet Figaro and his, I am the make way for the jack of all trades. Yeah, he can't wait to introduce himself and let you know what he's all about. (laughs) Oh, speaking of which. Yes. This also featured prominently in a Bugs Bunny cartoon, I believe. I think most of the songs that we're going to listen today have probably been in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah, that's true. Or a or a film. They're they're popular songs. Figaro. So Lotto. Mi le cucagne per un barbiere, vita più nobile non si 
with himself but I have to say I he's quite the likable guy as a character I just love I love him he's very he, likable he is very likable he well because he's on the side of love love <laughs> yes. yes well yes, yes. Pat up next in our songs of triumph and celebration another song of self-celebration yes and this is one of my favorite operas of all time i could see it a million times and never get sick of it i agree shall you introduce it well i don't know the words but it goes a little something like la 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 is that right yes we well the familiar name for the song is the habanera from carmen the opera carmen mm, yes. by bizet yes and this is where she is She's actually awaiting going to jail and she she wants to get under the skin of Don Jose and essentially make him fall in love with her. And 
it works. And so just for the um, listeners, Don Jose is the, is he the guard of the prison? Yeah, he's the young man and he's guarding her, exactly. And Carmen, for, for those who aren't familiar with the opera, is a, she's a cigarette, she works at a cigarette factory in Havana, is that right? Seville. Oh, in Seville, right. Oh, because it's called the Habanera. I always think it's in Cuba, but it's actually in Spain. That's right. Okay. So Carmen is a young woman who works at a cigarette factory in Seville, and she's been... But more importantly, as part of the story, she's a gypsy. And that's yes. part of her exotic appeal. Mm-hmm. And what did she do wrong for which she is being imprisoned? Uh, she hit one of the other factory workers. There was an argument, and it got out mm. of hand. There was a kerfuffle. <laughs> yes, but strong enough to to require her to be punished and removed from her job. But she convinces this young man to allow her to escape. And he ends up going to jail because he can't resist her. And this is the seduction song where she says, you know, just beware if you fall in love with me. And of course, that's too appealing to resist. And here we have the Habanera, sung by Carmen in Bizet's opera, Carmen. Oh, <laughs> 
listening to a special edition of Opera for Everyone, where we present songs of triumph and celebration. And we've just heard from Carmen singing the Habanera, which is one of the most famous arias from Bizet's Carmen. And Pat, I believe we have another aria from Carmen to play next. And very famous as well, the Toreador song by that very interesting Toreador, Escamillo. And do we need to know anything about Escamillo before we hear his song? Well, you know how I've mentioned that all of these songs that we've played so far after the overture were self-celebration? Yes. Just raise it up like double, triple in self-celebration. And mm. that's Escamillo singing about his greatness in the Toreador song. Right. So Escamillo doesn't have any problems with self-esteem. Unless having too much is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Torreador, 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 Oh, 
for everyone presents songs of triumph and celebration it's like a it's like a greatest hits it's like an opera's greatest hits it it, it is i mean it's well some of them anyway but yeah it's a lot of fun i had fun pulling these together and um i think the next one i picked might be a favorite of yours it is well what's funny is when you said do you have any requests i said oh yes let's do the Papageno and Papagena duet from the Magic Flute because it's just so weird. <laughs> oh, don't say that. It's so it's so full of love and joy. Well, maybe weird is maybe weird is is too much, but it's just I mean, I love the Magic Flute. It is just it's like the Alice in Wonderland version of opera. It's so fantastical and eccentric and odd and Papageno and Papagena are just these characters who are fully embodied. They are fully themselves, and I, I love them for that. And for people who don't know Papageno and Papagena, they're birds. <laughs> they're bird. They're bird people. They're bird they, people. They are bird people. <laughs> they're not. I mean, she's she's there to be his partner, and he is the sidekick to our hero, and the most effective sidekick <laughs> and you know what but it just it's like there is a lid for every pot pat everyone can be loved even like crazy weird bird people and and the complete joy and the sort of twittering around like birds when they find each other this is the song we're about to play comes right at the end of the story when we're tying up the loose ends and and this is our b couple and they are just joyous to be together and i love this song too Liebe kleine Kinder, ein Kinder, 
heard from arguably opera's cutest bee couple, Papageno and Papagena from Mozart's The Magic Flute. Can we call them lovebirds? <laughs> okay. No <laughs> pun intended. Um, yes, opera's cutest bee couple, lovebirds, for sure. And now we're going to go into something a little less, shall we say, innocent and perhaps a little bit more raucous. Oh, yeah, this is a grown-up couple and a supporting chorus celebrating in the first act of La Traviata by Verdi. And what are we listening to? This is popularly known as the Brindisi, or officially known as... Libiamo Neglietti Calici. I don't know if I said that right. That's fine. That translates into let's drink from the joyful cups. And so this is basically classical opera's version of red solo cup... I lift you up. <laughs> yes, yes, I think that's excellent. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, or, or arguably, it could also be in the same camp as I've got friends in low places. <laughs> Although it is in the home of Violetta, this this very chic, popular woman. She is our Traviata, our fallen woman. I may I say she meets a tragic end, but right now it's very wonderful because Violetta and Alfredo are going to be a loving couple shortly. And this is the celebratory time together where they're encouraging one another to drink and have a great time. All right. Let's get this party started, Pat. This is the Brindisi from Verdi's Traviata. Oh, 
the Brindisi from Verdi's Traviata. And we are going to keep this party going, Pat. What do we have up next? <laughs> you know, at some point we could do probably a whole show on drinking songs from opera, but we're just going to do one more. And this <laughs> is this is from Mascagni's Cavalleria Rusticana. Viva il vino sfumaggianti, which arguably could be my, my anthem, I think, if I were to come out and... Step up to the plate and take get ready for for a pitch to knock it out of the park. This is this might be the one that I wanted to play for me. It was my walk it on is, song. It's a charming song. Hail to the bubbling wine, and this is where our main male character in Cavalleria Rusticana, Turidu, he is inviting everyone from the village to his mother's cafe, and everybody have a drink, have a drink. But uh, one of the characters is not inclined to drink because he's a little angry with Turidu's actions. Cavalleria Rusticana is uh, probably one of the great Verismo operas. And Ver- Verismo being about real people and not about uh, nobility. Is that, did I get that right? Yeah, well, there's this sense of kind of gritty reality that it's not all polished and and ornate. This is about ordinary people and their ordinary trials and tribulations. But part of ordinary life is enjoying a little bit of time in the cafe. Mm. Yes, let's have some bubbles, shall we? Viva il vino spumeggiante Nel bicchiere scintillante Come il riso dell'amante Vita in fondo il giubilo Viva il vino spumeggiante Meggiante, nel bicchiere scintillante, come il riso dell'amante, mi telefonde il giubilo. Viva il vino che è sincero, e ci voglia con il pensiero, che affora l'umore nero, Vino, 
listening to Opera for Everyone, and we're doing a special edition of Songs of Triumph and Celebration. So, Pat, we're sort of neck deep here in drinking songs. First was, you know, arguably it could have been wine or beer, but certainly for the this most recent one, we were talking about sparkling wine, which, as Opera for Everyone listeners know, is my favorite. Uh, are we gonna? Are we gonna? <laughs> Are we going to keep the party going, Pat, or what's what's no, no. Up, what's up next? It's time to sober up, Keely. Oh, okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> and return to calm. We're going to totally shift gears right now and play a celebratory song from Handel's opera Xerxes, one of the operas we did do earlier on Opera for Everyone. And Handel is probably best known to people for composing The Messiah, which is frequently played around the holiday time frame. It is, but he was mostly a writer of operas, even though we best know him for that oratorio. And the bulk of his operas were produced in London. So this is one of those operas. It's about the ancient ruler Xerxes. And honestly, the opera is more about, it's more like a soap opera and love lives being thwarted and and finally working out like they do in Baroque operas. One of the things to remember about Baroque operas is no matter how terrible it seems, we will get a happy ending. Can't say that about 19th century operas. So Xerxes is the king and he was trying to thwart true love of others and he was ignoring the woman who truly loved him and by the end of the opera, everyone gets matched up appropriately and everyone sings about their great joy. And that's what this song is. That was Xerxes, Ritorno a Noi la Calma, from Handel. And I guess, Pat, that was our one example of Baroque opera. Yes. We get to return to Verdi now, and we're going to Egypt. <gasps> I love this opera. Did, you, Pat, did you know that this was my very first opera that I saw at the, Met, at the Metropolitan Opera? Isn't it interesting how we remember our first opera? Mine was Don Giovanni. I don't have any music from that in this program today. What do you remember about seeing Aida? I remember that there were a lot of exotic animals on the stage and that the production, it was the Zeffirelli production, I believe, isn't it? Aren't they still doing the Zeffirelli version of Aida? And it's just totally over the top and it's enormous. There's an enormous chorus. The word that I would use to describe that opera is just huge. It's huge. Yeah, it is a chance to to have spectacle, particularly with this song that we're about to play. And I do actually remember um, you talking about 
how this was commissioned by the premier of Egypt to celebrate the opening of the Suez Canal. Opera for everyone. We all learn things on it. Yeah, if you listen to our Aida episode, we'll talk about this at, at more length. But this triumphal march is a celebration of the Egyptian army's victory over the Ethiopians. And they are returning back to Egypt. And it is a scene of great triumph. Egypt from Verdi's Aida and now we go to I guess mythical we're going we're not where are we going Pat we're going somewhere that doesn't even exist we're going deep into the imagination of Richard Wagner which is terrifying and (laughs) exhilarating at the same time (laughs) well the man could write music that's for sure and this is probably dare I say the most familiar tune no it's not the most familiar tune. The most familiar Wagner tune is the what is known now as the Wedding March from Lohengrin. Oh, right. But this is beloved by people who are perhaps fans of popular film like Apocalypse Now. And it gets used other places. It's, it's, it is grand and it, it has a sense of martial purpose. The ride of the Valkyries. Put your helmets on. Put your this is this is where the whole opera helmet thing comes from. Yeah. It's from Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. And Brunhilde is the chief Valkyrie. The Valkyries are all sisters. They're the daughters of Wotan, who is a Zeus-like character. And this is when they are returning together rescuing heroes, the, the fallen heroes, bringing them back to lead an esteemed afterlife. And only the heroic qualify for this. And it's the Valkyrie's job to retrieve these fallen heroes from the battlefield. And Brunhilde is the favorite of Wotan. And a lot of this story will revolve around what happens to Brunhilde in the course of honestly, in the course of the multiple operas that form the Ring cycle. Yes. And the Ring, Pat, for people who perhaps don't know as much about opera as you do, the Ring is like 10 hours of opera, isn't it? It's six or even more. It's more. Two two of the operas alone are about five hours. Wagner's it's, a madman. 
great. Wagner had a story to tell, and he wanted to tell it thoroughly. All right, well, put your helmets on and get ready for the Ride of the Valkyries from the opera Die Valkyrie by Richard Wagner. listening to a special edition of Opera for Everyone, Songs of Triumph and Celebration. And we're nearing the end of this special hour. And Pat, I just want to thank you. This has been really, really fun. Sometimes it's nice to step away and just play the greatest hits. Honestly, most of the time we get deep into story and the background of the story. And, and that is a true love of mine. But it's fun to hear just this music that just gets the blood pumping. <laughs> yes. So where do we end today's special episode? Well, I think one of the ultimate celebration songs. It is a work by a man who's only known for one opera, but known for a great many other pieces of music, Ludwig van Beethoven. And we're going to play the Ode to Joy, which is from the final movement of his final symphony, Symphony Number no. 9 in D minor, Opus 125. 
And the Ode to Joy is, I mean, it's it's powerful and I don't I can't even put into words what it makes me feel. And and just as a little piece of background, the the words from this come from a, a Friedrich Schiller poem. And what was Schiller famous for? Why do I know Schiller? <laughs> well, Kelly, you know Schiller because a lot of the stuff that he wrote is operatic material and it gets turned into operas. <laughs> And and in this case, it gets turned into a piece of a symphony from an operatically minded composer. Well, Pat, once again, this has just been so much fun to just walk through some of opera's greatest hits. And thanks for putting this together. And thanks to our listeners for spending this time with us to celebrate songs of triumph and, and celebration. Oh, well, thanks for making it so much fun, Keely. If you're curious about opera and want to hear more or curious about a particular opera, please check out our podcast, Opera for Everyone, available on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And we actually also have a Facebook page where you can send us a message. And if you haven't listened to Opera for Everyone before, we started the program because we know that opera can be challenging. But really, in essence, it's just a story set to music. We want to make it accessible and enjoyable for everyone. And that's why our mission is to make opera for everyone. Opera for everyone. So we're going to go out on Ode to Joy. And joy in German is Freude. And that's what you'll hear the man singing right in the beginning. And wishing you all Freude. Freude, Freude. Dein Heiligtum, deine Zauberbinde.